Before I started ninth grade, there was an open house at my new school. While they told the parents about bus schedules and how to purchase school lunches, the kids got to sit in on mock classes. I don't remember much from that day, or really much from high school in general, <laughs> but I do remember my introduction to philosophy. A bunch of us nervous, nerdy eighth graders were sat in a circle facing each other. Then the question was suggested, can anyone ever perform a truly altruistic act, one in which they obtain no benefit to themselves? Most of my future classmates suggested that yes, it was possible. And I found myself, as I often have, playing the devil's advocate. The model of Mother Teresa was offered by one person. I argued that while her work was admirable, she was doing good works in order to earn her way into heaven. She was merely doing good now in order to gain moral dessert in the afterlife. The more I thought about it, the more I became convinced that people's work somehow had to benefit them, even if it just made them feel good. Works truly could not be done for any altruistic reason. There had to be something in it for the human. I was apparently an incredibly cynical 13-year-old. <laughs> As an adult, I still find that even religious people act in completely self-interested ways. People give things they think poor people need instead of asking them, or the charity assisting them, what they actually need because it makes the giver feel good. When something bad happens, people will often say things to comfort themselves rather than to comfort the mourner or those who are in pain. And like the Pharisees we heard about last week, some folks will call out the sins of others, claiming it to be for this perceived sinner's benefit, when really it is a way for the Pharisees to feel better about their own lives. But also as an adult, I have seen completely altruistic actions. I have seen people act in ways that inconveniences them or is actually detrimental to their goals. I have seen those who have given the shoes off their feet, those who have given food when they themselves had very little, those who have given their time just to provide a listening ear. I have seen true altruism, and it has convinced me that James, who we've heard these past two Sundays, is correct. Now James is known mainly for the line we read today. So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Many throughout time have interpreted this line to mean that the works are what matter when it comes to us being saved in the end. And with good reason. James continues along these lines when he points out the faith of Abraham and Rahab. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone says James. James' insistence on work comes in a funny place in the New Testament, as Paul, in his many pastoral letters, has been very vocal that we are saved by faith alone. How can both authors be correct? Why are both of them included in Holy Scripture? I don't think James is telling us we must do good works in order to earn salvation. Salvation has come only through Jesus' death and resurrection. Rather, I think James is using works as a way of checking up on our faith, 
Think about when you go to the doctor. The doctor draws blood and takes your temperature. If your white blood cell count is up, or if your temperature is high, the doctor knows your body is trying to fight something off. When our faith is waning, when we are feeling distant from God, when we are struggling with the trials of life, our works will fall by the wayside. We will not want to give in a completely self-uninterested way. We will be unable to perform altruistic acts. When God is not at the center of our lives, we will think that just going through the motions is enough. James is telling us today that professing faith is fine and dandy, but your actions speak louder than your words. As Paul says in his letter to the Galatians, those who live in the Spirit will manifest the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those living in the Spirit aren't trying to earn moral desert in the afterlife. Those living in the Spirit can't help but do good works. Good works are the consequence of faith, and it touches every part of our life. When I was a baby attorney in my first high-stress litigation job, I was struggling. I was working 80-hour weeks and was being pressured to work more. I was told my career was what mattered and to make moves with only my interest at heart. I was being taught that being a lawyer was more than my job, it was who I was. And I was drinking all the Kool-Aid. Even though I was not actively involved in a church as I was either sleeping late on Sunday mornings or working, I still had a lot of friends involved in the church. So I attended a weekend young adult retreat out at Camp Weed focused on vocation. And one moment from that weekend changed my life. It was a talk given by another person in their young 20s. At what point in their talk, they read a popular C.S. Lewis quote, one that I had probably heard a million times. But in that moment, that quote cut me to the heart. And it likely led me to y'all here today. C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if true, of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. In that moment, I realized that while I professed faith in God, my faith had been a hobby. It was only moderately important in my life, and that could be shown through my works. I was working for myself to benefit me. I wasn't giving. I wasn't reaching out to anyone but myself. There was a problem with my faith, and my lack of good works were giving me away. This week, James is calling you to be your own doctor and to give yourself a checkup. Take your own temperature, draw your own blood, and ask yourself what your actions are saying about your inner spiritual life. Our faith ebbs and flows through our spiritual journey, and while that's natural, like water, if we sit too long in one spot, we start to smell. If you're finding that your works are done more out of obligation or in order to earn the stars in your crown in heaven, 
Spend some time thinking about whether God is calling you to do something else. We are not the same person we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, or thank God as snarky 13-year-olds who were too big for our britches. Also be conscious as to whether you are keeping certain parts of your life off limits to God. Do you only think about God on Sundays? Does your faith come into play when you're out at the bar Friday night? Or when you're in the grocery store Monday evening? True faith affects every decision we make in our lives. And our works give the status of our faith in God away. Works will not earn your way into heaven. That price has already been paid by Jesus on the cross. But works are a good indicator of your relationship with God. And if after your examination of your recent actions, you find your enthusiasm and your works to be waning, it may be time to sit down, to make those all-important prayer hands, and to have a few long chats with God. Faith without works is dead. But brothers and sisters, we are a resurrection people. And with God's help, our faith will live again. Amen.